All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Sands been the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760. All right. Damn, baby, can't do it that fast. I don't know somebody who can. Um, anyway. All right. Just wondering when he's going to show his face again, man. Kind of get, you get about work two, three, four billion. You get on some other stuff, man. I was like, man, they honor and puff, man. You can at least take your take your, your ski mask off. But anyway, all right. So at this time, before we go on, we've got some phone calls we're going to get to. But want to take time to introduce a new partner here to Sports Ground Entertainment, and that's going to be Stoli Vodka. As you can see, the vodka up here uh, displayed, kind of looking like drink champs. If anybody knows what that is, but anyway, Stoli Vodka up here, and they are Stoli Vodka is handcrafted in Latvia. The award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshing, modern, and exceptionally classic. And also, you know, I've got a chance to heat, uh, meet one of the head uh, regional marketing directors of Stoli Vodka, and one of the things that they did want to make known too as well is that they've teamed up with World Central Kitchen. Now, World Central Kitchen, or is known WCK, is an impactful organization led by Ch- Chef Jose Andreas that provides nourishing meals to women and children, soldiers fighting on the front line in Ukraine. Stoli Vodka has proudly partnered with WCK with the mission to raise a million dollars by August 24th, which is Ukraine's Independence Day. And to learn more, donate. They encourage you to invite you to visit their website at stoli.com. And as you can see, one of their bottles is uh, Ukraine Special Edition. You know, nice looking there. Uh, so want to say shout out to Stoli Vodka, who's coming on board. Uh, I've got some good things planned uh, with them coming up this coming up football season as well, too. So shouts out to Stoli Vodka, new official sponsor of the sports grind. Of course, you can go to Stoli.com to learn more about Stoli Vodka or follow him on Instagram at Stoli, S-T-O-L-I. Yeah, so there you go. So Jonas will be taken care of this weekend for the most part, you know. UFC 276, let's go. You and your UFC. Who's fighting this one? We got two title fights this weekend. Um, uh, Israel Adesanya. He's going for another title defense and middleweight. And then you've got featherweight title event, uh, uh, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Isn't there some, isn't there a, a Hall of Fame inductions this week, or didn't they have a Hall of Fame? Uh, they did the Hall of Fame talk last week. I don't know if it's happened in uh, 276 or not. I'd have to fact check uh, that one. But yeah, you're going into the, the UFC Hall of Fame. Oh, goodness. You can crash yeah. that one just like uh, Fat Clay. Oh, the clay, the one that got banned. The lookalike, yeah. Huh. Want to go crash the UFC hmm. Hall of Fame induction? Do you know, some lookalike no, take pictures with fans. That's just that's just that. Cormier. When I decided to do that, you'll know I've officially hit rock bottom. <laughs> you know, especially at my age of forty-five. Come on, man, you got to be a loser to go do that. You know, you can have your doppelgangers. I learned that this. That's the first time I've heard that this year. I think, to be honest with you, uh, but they sit there and try to live their life. Like, come on, you know. Speaking before we go to the phones, there's also a couple other things. You know, I told you the yesterday I actually got going the the uh, the live tour. Uh, you know, golf got their first tournament over here in the states. Was met by protests. 
we'll get to that here pretty soon, especially the victims of 9-11. Their family showed up at a press conference. The guy, the guy that leading it was pretty raw, which I liked it, you know, kind of what he was trying to say. You have that. Um, also, you know, a couple of these other free agency, you know, NBA. The thing is, you know, the big story yesterday was the KD situation. Um, but, you know, after getting home and looking at everybody talking, you know, this is not going to be that easy for Brooklyn to trade Kevin Durant. And even the Kyrie Irving situation, um, you're probably going to have to need. It's probably going to be a three or four teamer. Um, you know, you know, in NBA and everything, the money has to match, and you get this. But you know, I didn't even know part of the CBA agreement. You can't, I, and I and I don't even try to sound like I know this rule verbatim, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. Something in regards to you can't, if you're a certain Kyrie's a certain player that you can't be traded two times. Or something like where your salary's at. So it's you. There, there's something into that that's kind of tricky. It's it's it, it, it's kind of a tricky situation. You know, I mean, there's reports out there. I know Sam probably knows. Which which yeah, Sam knows. What 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 am I? How is it, Sam? You can't have two guys on your roster that have a super max rookie deal. So there guys that have been you know first or an All NBA team multiple right. times on a rookie contract, they're eligible for an even larger. Max extension, and we're talking yeah. about all the obvious names you would think. Like because of that, Booker can't be traded because he just signed that extension. Last he just night. signed that yep. extension, and the Nets already have Ben Simmons, who is under the same extension. Mm. Yeah, this so is have to get rid of Simmons to then bring in Booker to then get rid of. Dur- it's all right, and, and and again, like who's taking Simmons? And then on top of that, you know, money wise, it can work. If you tell me if Brooklyn, I mean. Westbrook's makes $47 million and Kyrie's making 34 or 35. So he's making like 10 million more. So is Brooklyn going to want to take Westbrook on in 47, knowing that you're taking a player that you're really downgrading in player at the stage where Westbrook is from the, a guy that can't shoot and you're going to pay him more. But the point is, it's going to probably take three teams involved. And I know we even saw some reports out there and I don't think they're true, but saying, Oh, well, Katie and Kyrie want to join each other on the new team. I don't think that's true. Um, That's seventy nine million dollars for a year annually in value, and not only that, you know, it comes down to Brooklyn. Like, even if you would take Westbrook, like, say, if you're going to move Kyrie Irving to L.A., you take on Westbrook. Do you want to sit there and still be in that luxury tax that you already have been? 14 is kind of just blown up, but you just got this one balloon salary on there. It's it's pretty much a mess up. But keep in mind, Steve Nash and Sean Marks was willing. They wanted to walk from both of them at the end of the year because of what they've been through. You know, it's just going to be a little bit of a headache to kind of get this done. But, you know, the one place that it does kind of make sense when I saw my, my man that's a cap guy, cap analyst on the big network, is the fact that if you look at it, Golden State, I mean, if it's a reunion and Katie, can you imagine that? Because, like I said, they proved the point. Come on, Katie, go ahead. But what's crazy about that, Gary Payton Jr. got paid. He's going to Portland. Now, keep in mind, Gary Payton Jr. played for Oregon State, the Beavers. He's in that area. He, he you know, he's kind of up in that area. His dad played for Seattle, so he's got some roots. But did you hear the guy that was supposed to be the most improved player of the year in Jordan Poole? Reports are that he's about to get a hundred, a hundred million that Golden State's about to maybe offer him, a hundred million extension. It's going to cost that owner a lot of money to keep them, but he's willing to do it. Strength in numbers. They got the capital. 
difference between there and here. And don't just look at the books. I understand the Spurs have the books and the capital sign to match. I'm talking about the money in escrow, the operating money to actually do it. You know, I started going down the wormhole, and y'all know that I go with Celebrity Net Worth. They're legit. So I was like, you know what? I wonder how much Celebrity Net Worth has Peter Holt valued at. They haven't valued at $200 million. Okay? Now, keep in mind, the whole family, and I know they went through the divorce, whatever, the whole family is still the majority owner of the Spurs. But put that in perspective. If Peter Holt is only worth $200 million now, and you've got other owners in NBA and NFL that they're, you know, they're real estate with Cronky, billions of billions. And then you're talking about a sport that has guaranteed contracts. And you're talking about players that are getting 220, 200 max money. Now, do you understand what I'm talking about in regards to like, yeah, they got it to spend if you want to, but you really can't because again, and this is my opinion that they're trying to get their finances in order. Because it takes big money to run these things. Now we had a good before we go to the phones, we had somebody that tweeted a question out about kind of along those lines with the Spurs spending. What was the, what was the question? So we had RJ asking, uh, hey, Calvin, if the Spurs can't afford to give a max contract to any future player, are the Spurs just a farm team for the big market NBA teams? Um, I'm going to sit there and say, I would say no, that I'm hoping that's not where they're going. And this is what I will say. The Spurs, I believe, will eventually spend money. I just think that that's not coming, what are we, 2022? I don't think that's coming before 2025, 2026. Because I I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know who's going to be majority owner then. I don't know what the deal is. But once everything gets in, you know, get in place, they get finances ordered and they get some of this young talent up. Maybe they get a little, you know, luck into whether they get in the lottery or whatever. Then you start, as you start seeing the vision, maybe at that time to when you start paying your guys, whatever. But right now we have, I mean, I think it's a legit question because right now we, they don't have the track record of really paying anybody, but they haven't had a track record of keeping any of their draft picks. You know, Brian Wright talked about they've got a total of what, 22 they've, picks? They've picked up additional. 22 additional picks, 11 firsts and 11 seconds over the next couple of years is what he said. And to me, but that doesn't, I mean, it sounds and of course, good. Two first round swaps. Right. You want to swap with the Celtics, I think in 2028, you're going to own a swap with the Hawks coming over in this deal. And then you have a second round swap option, um, I think in 2026. No, I, and again, I, it sounds good. But those picks don't really mean anything until you can either hit on them or how you execute how you execute them. They, I mean, to me, it sounds good, but that doesn't really say too much. And Brian Wright even talked about it in his press conference, like, hey, man, this is a fluent situation. Because he was also, not by Mike Finger, but he was asking somebody else, well, how quickly are you kind of trying to want to get back to seeing how long it's going to be before no, you get competitive? That was asked by Mike Finger. Was it he Mike Finger too? He, he, okay. he was on a roll, Calvin. Okay. Well, Mike Finger asked, well, how long do you want to go ahead before you think you'd be competitive? Well, we're trying to make that happen fast. And he also alluded to if some players come available, who knows? You know, there's one thing that I can't deny, whether you agree with this DeJounte thing or not, the one thing you can't deny about them is that they got flexibility right now. They're not going to be handcuffed by no contracts. They've got a lot of flexibility in picks. I still don't think that the NBA is such as, you know, Don Harris. Oh, it's a first round picks are such a premium right now at NBA. No, they're not. It's not like the NFL. And first of all, 
I don't know when the last time it happened, but if this kid's a straight phenom that's coming out of anybody, even if you don't luck him get the number one, who's trading the number one pick anyway? Especially if it's a small market to get it. So just because they got a plethora of picks don't mean I've heard that narrative too. Like, well, now they can move up and get that one even if they ping pong. Ain't nobody trading the number one pick. Especially if the kid is supposed to be the next generational player of all time or whoever. They're not going to trade. So stop that nonsense out there too. I'm just pissing on all these tapes. Just put it all out. Like, stop it. Because right now it's just a ball. Oh, well, you know, no, man, this ain't football. Anybody trading that number one pick if you don't get it, if you're going to get it? You know? But it's a lot. But the one thing is they'll have flexibility. That's a lot of picks. It's a lot of picks, man. But they're not going to. So to answer that question, I don't think they're going to become the farm team. They ain't picking on these picks, but it's one of those that they'll eventually start spending money, in my opinion, when they get the finances in order. All right, 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Jazz. Jazz, you're on the sports crowd here on Ticket 760 at 1300 The Zone. What's up, Jazz? Hey, guys. Calvin. Yeah, what's up, Jazz? Okay, I never said DeJounte didn't want to be there or wasn't a true Spurs. When I called, I think it was on Tuesday, and I had to rush as a last caller. I said, why are they trading our best player? Okay, so with that being said, I think – as far as for DeJounte, it wouldn't make sense to him, I think, to sign this year. And I think the Spurs may think he's not worth the max next year. And when you said Brian, Brian Wright said DeJounte never said he didn't want to be there. But he also didn't say DeJounte was ready to, stop, to sign an extension. And my tweet that I tweeted back to you, so you kind of twisted my words a little, I said, your view is true as well with the Spurs' financial problems but nothing in this case is 100%. So I didn't disagree. I'm just saying there's other elements to their decisions that they're making. Well, there you go, Jay. But see, that's the reason why I'm not a text person. I'm not like a tweeter because you don't know how to take it in context. That's why I'm a conversation person because I just looked at it as like, you know, Jazz getting one of her smart takes on me. Like, yeah, we trust as much as your take, your financial take. But you, you've explained that. But I think also, Jazz, the fact that I don't think the Spurs, again, are in the position where they were going to be able to offer DeJounte that kind of money. Because they're not they're not so much they want to because you're not you can't recoup that. You're not recouping that in ticket sales right now. You're not recouping that in jersey sales. It's just that that's the yeah. business part that I'm talking about, that the situation they're in. Right. I agree with all the business decisions they had to make. But I mean, again, Spurs are not the max type of people unless True. Maybe here somebody came. True. But so even then they Yeah. You're right. Well, let me, before I let you go, Jess, so where, you know, again, because you and I get tagged in this whole, like, this is what y'all wanted. Y'all wanted to move. Y'all wanted the youth. You wanted the kids. Okay, so 20-some hundred picks they got. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a rough type of season. I mean, where do you stand? Where are you feeling about your team that you bleed for in your organization? Where, where, where are you standing right now? Okay, I think people get my youth movement confused. I always said bring the youth around our key players, around the Kawhis, around the DeMars and, and Kawhi and LaMarcus at the time. Not bringing in the Paul Gasols, the Bellinelli's, the right. Rudy Gays. Bring the young crowd around our stars. But they didn't. They waited. Even back in when we won the championship in the following year, Pop's decisions were bring in uh, okay, Boris over a splitter. Bring in, uh, you know, uh, put Patty back on the bench and bring in uh, Corey Joseph. Yeah, they were young and stuff, but it's the, the, those decisions and then bringing in the older guys 
with our key players have always made the mistake. So I'm not, I didn't say race everything and start fresh and, you know, be all young. I was always saying bring the youth, talented youth around our key players and build from there. But we just, we waited too long and we made too many mistakes along the way. And like I said, nothing is 100%. There was too many mistakes along the way and even to the coaching and stuff. I mean, getting rid of, come on, Udoka, who's doing great, Becky, who's doing great, and Will, I call him Woody. Will Hardy's going to Utah, and here we are going back to what Brett Brown and them. I mean, the decisions has just been hideous, and I think we're now having to start all over again, and that's where I'm saying, eh, I'm, I'm not too much for that. We could have done a lot better in I, got, last I got you. All right, Jazz, thanks for the phone call. Thanks for coming in and clarifying yourself. Uh, we're good. That's good. That's why it's better to communicate instead of just text, you know, because I'll sometimes read a text and even they're like, why are you talking to me like that? And so why are you sound mad? What are you talking about, Matt? Well, I swear I took it. So what it was a text. But no, I hear that like, hey, man, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it can be an exciting time, you know, but it's just again. And, and that's the reason why, like what we heard from Brian Wright yesterday, that's all I want. More of that. More of that. When you kick an ass and you win in titles and you compete and you can you can put your head in the sand and be like, hey man, you'll know when everybody else knows. But if you're sitting there begging for people to come to the games, trying to generate revenue, trying to get some games here in Austin, Mexico, you gotta communicate. And I like that press conference yesterday from Brian Wright. That's all. That's all it is. You know? We get back, we got Mike, we'll get to Joe's phone call. You listen to the sports grind. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing at Sands for the One and Twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang, two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. How about a Stoli Zing Zang Bloody Mary? There you go. 
There you go. That's get a perfect the, mix. Get the 4th of July weekend started. Um, all right. So real quick um, before we go to the uh, phones here, a uh, couple other things. Um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure, you know, this, this whole – because NBA free agency has kind of, you know, again, had their time to dominate. We were about a few weeks away from camp starting. Uh, but this whole Pac-12 situation, I'm pretty sure by the time we get back in here on Tuesday and once they'll have more developments, and like I said, the rumors have it that the SEC could still be fishing for two more teams. And I don't even know how that works because to me I'm like, damn, how many teams are you really going to have in a conference? I mean, but this is just goes and – I, and I think once the dust settles with them, then – that's when you'll start seeing everything else take place. Now, you had a Twitter question also for me in regards to uh, it was a UTSA uh, question when I talked about you. I didn't want to see, you know, Alabama versus Troy. So I'm like, what was the question on that? Yeah, so we have Steven Valdez checking in on Twitter. You say you don't want to see a powerhouse against a practice squad school, but what about UT versus UTSA? Would those matchups be out also? Well, you know, UTSA does play UT next year, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Right now, yeah. But the norm, I would probably not where UT supposed to be going. No, I don't want to see that, even though it would definitely benefit our backyard and trailer and UTSA, but I'd rather see UT versus LSU week one. I'd rather see UT versus Georgia week one. Now, UT got some things to do before they get to that point. You know, Archie's coming. I mean, everybody's where Archie, Archie's coming to say today. But I, my point, it just needs to be the big dogs need to be getting it on from week one on. And this is also the super conferences that I talk about. This is also going to eliminate, you know, a week before the Iron Bowl, Alabama plays Chattanooga. You know that like have a bye week because we got we first of all you you played uh, you played LSU so you you schedule a cupcake because you got to re you you have to go ahead and recoup from playing a physical game at LSU so you you schedule in a Chattanooga a week before the Iron Ball however I mean even when it comes down to Alabama I'll be fair no I don't want to see that either <clears throat> if the players especially with NIL money especially with you know college and the coaches where their salaries at. I want to see the best of the best every week. And why, why waste time? Because Chattanooga is not on the same playing field as Alabama. I don't want to see, you know, like you talk about a brother man down there, Deion Sanders in Jackson State. I mean, he's, you know, he's creating dust. He, you know, he got to recruit to flip and choose him. But you don't want to see, I don't, I don't want to see really Jackson State is not supposed to be competing and playing Alabama or Georgia either at any point of the schedule. Just make it, this is what it's all about to have the super conference to try to make it justify the money and everything else and the quality of football. That's all. It's almost, it's not the same thing, but it's almost that talk like an NFL preseason. Do we need to really, like, do we want to sit through four preseason games, three, whether it's dress rehearsal, the third one, stars on play, or will we just shorten that and add another week? It's just the more quality, the more better. And the way they're charging for these networks, the way that the, the salaries, the money involved, it's all about quality. And the fans are going to want more of that. They're gonna, they don't want to go through their first two or three weeks of college football where spreads are 20, they favor about 32 and a half. They favor by 38 points. 
And that's the direction that we're going. But the question is, is Big 12 considered part of this super conference? I don't know. Pac-12, are they considered? I don't know. I mean, because we know in our backyard conference, USA and stuff like that, that's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. And you're still good. And I think you can have these super conferences and still have some of the bowl games. And then the super conferences is going to translate into more than four spots. The way I look at it, the playoffs will be expanding here in a few years. It's going to be about more spots. We'll see how it plays out. You know, um, yeah, I know Sam's answer. one. we're going to go to the phones here. Uh, shortly, I don't know if we'll have um, time to get to the because uh, I wanted. There's a couple other these signings that I wanted to touch on, but well, I, I will wait. I wanted. There was like I said, there was protests with Tour Live yesterday, which honestly, I'm already hearing Tour Live is looking for a different name next year. They had Westwood. They had two of their guys from the European tour. They're writing a letter, you know, to the European tour saying, "Hey, man, can you can you take away our rescind our fines and rescind this?" But I'm like them with the uh, the European tour, like PJ, like, "Hey, we warned you guys there were going to be repercussions," and they've even got documented of a player say, "Hey, man, if they find me suspended, whatever, don't don't cry, found out." But you know what that is though? Before I go to the phones, <clears throat> European players, if you start talking about the Ryder Cup. It's sad to say it, but I think that's going to sting some European players more than it would even America if they got to sit out on their Ryder Cups. And that's the thing that's kind of going in with that narrative there. But let's go to the phones here. Let's go to uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 13 on the zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm out here on the road rolling right now. Uh, oh. driving. I'm on my way over to Houston. But, yeah, listen, man, uh, I hate to break the bad news to all these Senate. Oh, Mike. Uh, uh, what'd you say? No, it sounded like you were breaking up. You probably hit a dead spot somewhere out. In, okay, out okay. There. Go ahead. Can you, hear me? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. You're good. Okay, yeah, like I said, man, I hate to break the news to the San Antonio people. Uh, somebody sent you a message saying that they were for a farm. Yes, they are. And the reason why I say that, you have to have a marquee ball player, man. The, the Spurs, you can see a lot of empty seats in the arena next year. They have no, unless they got somebody coming in like Steph Curry or, you know, a LeBron James, you know, he might get some people to show up. But who, who's going to a Spur game to see what they got on the roster right now? And like I say, if you're talking about building a new arena, you have to, in Austin or wherever they're going to do this thing, you have to have a, a marquee name, a, man, a name that people want to see to get these people to invest in a new arena. And the Spurs, by trading up that guy this week, I think they made a very bad mistake by trying to be cheap, and then they're going to regret it because they're not going to get a new arena, and they're not going to have no fans in their stadium uh, come next year, and I, I promise you that, and I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Be safe on the road. Have a safe Fourth of July weekend. Um, there's a lot of layers to that. I mean, I, I hear what Mike is saying, but this is the whole process of them trying to build some stuff up and, and build some of these players. I mean, for all we know, one of these kids that just got picked in the draft, they could be a start of a nucleus of a new big three. We don't know. Or one you of know? the first round picks coming up in the future. You've got a handful of them and the team's hmm. not going to perform well. You would expect to be higher in the lottery. Yeah. Keep it going. Let's go to Joe. Joe, you're on the sports crowd here on ticket 760 and 1300 zone. What's up, Joe? Hi. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you, Joe. All right, thanks. Um, just for, you know, this, I guess, like a rebuild, it's kind of like, you know, the kitchen's closed for improvements type of thing. 
Um, and personally, I'm not used to that because I'm used to, you know, having the big three, uh, used to having those, you know, 50 plus win seasons. And, you know, I guess it's, you know, obviously it's been our turn for the past couple of seasons. So, and it's kind of like what Mike said. Yeah. You know, you got to have that, you know, that player, uh, what is the draw for San Antonio? I mean, and the other thing too, regarding Murray, I saw somewhere that he, he said he was not going to sign an extension, which is fair. So, I mean, but the thing, the return on Murray, those picks and Gallinari, that's a little, uh, kind of a turnoff for me. Now, just real quick, lastly, um, how far back do you think DeJounte made the uh, decision to not sign. And I had noticed that before the All-Star break, he was really pushing himself and he was playing lights out. And after, you know, he got there, I know that, you know, it was a Draymond Green appointment, you know, but I noticed that after the All-Star break, he, you know, he, he wasn't, it wasn't a huge difference, but he wasn't playing like the same way before the All-Star break. What do you think about that last point? Thanks for the having me. All right, Joe. First of all, I haven't, I'm not going to go on that side where I confirm that there's words that I'm, I'm going by the GM himself, Brian Wright. I'm not going to the fact that DeJounte said he wasn't going to sign. I think next year, you know, and, and first of all, I, and again, I've even, I don't even think it's the narrative that Spurs didn't think he's worth 200 million. This has this to do with t- timing is everything in life. Everything, whether you're talking sports or you're talking about just for, misfortune in life and health and everyday stuff. And I just feel the timing on both sides. It just, it's not about he wasn't going to sign if they, because I do believe that if they were going to give him a $200 million extension next year, he would have signed it. I don't think DeJounte, there's been no signs of DeJounte sitting there saying, man, I want to win. When we, of course he wants to win, but like, man, this ain't nothing. Who am I surrounded with? Now, I'm not going to sit there and say we would have never got to that point with DeJounte, but I'm just this whole, like, well, I heard he wasn't going to say no. This was just an opportunity arise. I keep in mind, the guy who's up in Atlanta just left from down here a few years ago. This is a, this is almost on the verge. Like I told you, there was nobody else that was given a first-round pick for Derek White, except Udoka, who sat on the bench next to Pop for like eight years or ten, however long it was. There was probably nobody else really going to give three ones for DeJounte except a guy that got a job that used to work down here. And so it's it's the timing. So I don't really – there's no need to get into this hypothetically. No, I didn't notice any play of DeJounte different. I think DeJounte had his most consistent year he's had as a spur, and he had a, you know, a serious injury that cost him a year, years ago, and it took a while to get catch up, so I, I get caught up. So I don't, I don't look at it as well – you know, he kind of looked different after the break. No, he had a pretty – he was almost damn near a walking triple-double. It just didn't stand out because they, were, they wasn't resulting in the Ws. That's pretty much what it is. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300. What's up, Fernando? Uh, thanks for having me. No, I just wanted to chime in real quick. You said that the SEC might be looking for two more schools. Is that right? Yeah, there's rumors have it that they could add two more teams. I guess they want to go after Clemson and Florida State. Clemson and Florida State. Um, I haven't heard that one. Um, that would be interesting. So you think that they might go digging in the ACC? Yeah, I get those two. Those are the two big dogs there. Uh, but also, the other thing I wanted to bring up was that, you know, that interview that they had on, on the golfers that 
you know, that where they brought out Brooks and, and they brought out that Pat Perez, and I, I, I never even heard of Pat Perez. But, you know, they were saying that the reason they were leaving because, you know, the PGA never listened to them. You know, say, oh, yeah, right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. But yeah. did you, the, the ultimate hypocrisy, though, is that you know who the spokesman is for the Live Tour? Well, I know the commission's over there, Greg Norman, but who, who's the actual uh, spokesman? The spokesman is, uh, he's called, uh, he's named uh, Ari Fleischer. He used to be with the Bush administration. Oh, Fleischer, yeah, I know who that is. I didn't know he was the actual spokesman. I didn't know that yeah, one. he was the spokesman. He's the one that gave all those notes to the golfers and, you know, told them what to say and what not to say. But mm. to me, it just shows the ultimate hypocrisy, right? Because, uh, you know, I read up on him a little bit on on, on Fleischer, and, and, you know, he's a, he's a practicing member of the Jewish community. And I was just wondering if we knew the history between the Jewish community and uh, the Muslims. Hmm. Well, thanks for the phone call, Fernando. I didn't hear that. Uh, like I said, I don't. I didn't know that. Uh, I know who you speak of, but I didn't know that he was part of the spokesman of the Libs. So I don't know if he's done his research or not. But I mean, there's a lot. There's not a short list of hypocrisy that's going on with it. I, and honestly, I just feel that the more you know, the golfers, because I I do believe this is the part that they didn't really. They might have thought about it, but they didn't really anticipate you know, how much of the backlash was going to be. Because, again, I think it's easy to look at the NBA with the China situation. There's there's easy to look at other team type of sport that get in bed with things that don't practice the same human rights we do. That's got it. But I've told you all since day one, it is different when you're talking about individual sport. And when you look at the protest Yesterday, and you look at the families uh, of 9-11 and the guy just sitting up saying like, hey, why don't Phil just come out and say he don't give a blank about the families? But to sit up there and not ask these questions and answer these questions and deflect is really what's pissing those families off. And see, that right there is one of those. But to me, again, there's not going to be any quick resolution to this. I think, you know, the PGA is still trying to go about what they do. I think the next domino in this is really about the Ryder Cup. Uh, and the captains, especially from the American side, because I tell you, the Europeans are already getting antsy about that because they have a passion for their right. And not saying that America doesn't, but you, that it's, you know, it goes back to that quote unquote cliche that Americans are spoiled and stuff. That Ryder Cup hits a little bit different from some of them Euros that want to stick it to America as well, too. So you take away from that, then it goes. But to me, this is very early in stages. And I just feel that if if it's really a threat, if it's really about trying to really put a deterrent from players going over there, you've got to really go knock on the door and get the majors involved. And it it probably won't be until it just depends on when the networks, the CBSs, you know, the NBCs, all those. It's just going to depend on when the sponsors and they start knocking and saying, what are we doing? And when they start doing that, then you might see some other things form and some other dominoes start to fall as well. So we'll just uh, play it out and see what happens. Um, Definitely probably going to have more NBA signings and stuff that pop up over the next few days. I don't know if we'll have a resolution on the KD and Kyrie Irving situation before we get here on Tuesday. We might, but we'll see. But other than that, that is a wrap for today and the week. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Stan spinning the one and two, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up at Tyler, people of the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off Tuesday morning, before you hit the snooze button, before you're off the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See y'all Tuesday.